Hi, this is Chelsea, and you are listening to Foot of the Cross. Welcome. Uh, tonight's show, we're going to do a, a little bit different. There's a few things I want to talk about today. Well, it's about 8 o'clock at night, so um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that you are in a place where you are happy in your life and where you have peace. And I pray, I pray that you are doing good. I pray for all of you because we are all brothers and sisters. And right now, more than ever, we need each other. You know, I watched this thing called 2020 on Netflix today. And I wanted to turn it off so many times because as a Republican and a Christian, a child of God, it was in my spirit that it was absolute garbage. Every single word out of these people's mouths were GD this and F this. But something told me to keep watching it. And believe it or not, um, because they showed both sides, both parties, and what they thought about the past year, because like I said, it was about 2020 and all the events taking place. They showed uh, both the Republicans and the Democrats and what they thought. And um, put it this way, you know, uh, they were basically saying it was a shit show. <laughs> Excuse my language, but I didn't know how else to put it. That's basically... Uh, what they were putting out there, and um, both sides are right. It absolutely was, and it was like um, watching, you know, dancer dancing in the stars, or dancing for stars, or you know, one of those singing competition shows. I mean, it was ridiculous watching these two. Presidents go or two, you know, people go running for president was like crazy. It, it was a battle, and for what? I mean, Ben, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say that. You know what? I'm just gonna say this. Joe Biden, I hardly watched any of his speeches, but I did check to see how many speeches he did, and he didn't even do half as many as Donald Trump did. He wasn't out there on the streets uh, talking to people. He wasn't shaking hands with the public. He wasn't out there presenting himself and telling us what he was going to do had he become president. I mean, his famous words were, I can make what you want happen. Really? Do you have some kind of magic powers? I mean, Trump doesn't even claim that he can save the world, but apparently Joe Biden can. <laughs> And, um, for us Christians, that is right there. If you don't know this already, that's our warning. That the end times are near, my friend. And if God doesn't come back soon, it looks like us Christians are going to be around long enough to see some of the you-know-what hit the fan. And it's not going to be good. And it's already started. It started with the weather, more volcanoes, more tornadoes, and places that they, they shouldn't have been, and places unheard of. And then that's not counting the tsunamis. Um, and, oh my goodness, it goes on and on. Africa, you know? The biggest wave hit and destroyed it. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The disasters that have happened are ridiculous.
And I look back, and I'm like, you know, to me, it feels like 9-11 was yesterday. I was 16 years old, and I remember I was still sleeping in my bed. And right now, I'm actually in my bedroom, okay? Well, it's my bedroom right now, but it used to be my dad's office, and before that, when I was 18, it was actually my daughter's nursery because I I was pregnant with my daughter in this home, and I'm 35 today. So when I was 16 years old and in the other room next to this one, uh, because, you know, they changed this one into a guest room, so when I got a divorce, I moved back in and moved into this room. But anyway, back to my point. Oh, I'm a talker, I swear. It's like, okay, shut up and get to the point already. But I'm just, it. I'm saying all of this because it's like, I'm watching all these generations and times and uh, memories and how time flies by so fast. It really does. But as I said, though, it feels like yesterday, 9-11, just happened. And um, so, yes, I was in the room right next to this one. And uh, my dad wasn't working at home yet, so he had an office downtown. And this room was just a room, you know, for, like, Christmas trees and stuff like that. And... All of a sudden, I hear my mom and dad scream so loud, you know, and uh, my brother, he actually wasn't here. He was in the army at the time, believe it or not, and, and uh, he had, no, you know what, I'm wrong about that. Um, when I was 16, he was, he was at Shelton, which, which is a junior college. Gosh, I'm stuttering. <laughs> I'm stuttering because I'm getting what I'm saying wrong. But my brother was going to Shelton at the time, which is a junior college in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And he had a double wide over there and had like two roommates who were a married couple and they were, you know, some of our closest friends. And so he he wasn't here with us that morning. But um he went to college and he was delivering pizzas at Papa John's or Pizza Hut, but whichever one it doesn't matter. But he worked at one of them. And uh so he was hearing get what was going on on the radio because he was running deliveries for pizza and he couldn't even believe it. He thought it was like a bloopers kind of thing. And actually so did we. Um, like I said, I was asleep and the next thing I know, I hear my mom scream. Oh my God, you know, Oh my God. And I jump up and I run in there and I think something's happened to my dad. You know, I thought I was going to walk in and she would be, you know, looking down at his body like he had a stroke or something because that's just how terrified she sounded. So I ran in there and I said, what? What's going on? And dad said, look at the TV. When I looked at the TV... I didn't believe it. Nothing, no part of me could believe that this was really happening. And I said, this is a joke. They, this was edited. Um, I said, you know all the new technologies that are coming out. And I said, uh, they used to play jokes like this um, on TV all the time back in the day. And my mom and dad both said, yeah, but not like this and not in a long time they stopped doing the, those kinds of things because people took them literally and some people got in trouble and I'm saying so you're telling me 
a plane really hit the building? And they said, yes. And I said, is a war starting? And they're like, we don't know, Chelsea, you know. We don't know anything. And I'm asking all these questions because this fear comes over me. And part of me felt safe because I'm like, at least I'm in Alabama. But I don't care what part of the United States it would have been. It was terrifying. Because it could have caused World War III under the right circumstances. And while I'm standing there asking my mom questions as fast as possible. Because the way I'm telling you is the way I remember it. So it sounds like we talked for a long time. But really in five minutes I said about a thousand words. You know. I mean, just one question after another. And they looked at me and said, we know as much as you do. Watch the TV. And I just couldn't. I was freaking out. But I go ahead and I stop talking. And the second I look up, the second plane hit. And I just gasped for air with both of my parents. And we are in such shock. And my mom grabs my dad's hand and says, Tom, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And he goes, what do you want me to do? You know, we're we're not prepared for something like this. I mean, we're in Alabama and both of my parents are saying, what do we do? And, you know, it's... <laughs> I remember there was actually some people that thought that they might need to go to the grocery store and stock up on food. And I'm like, this isn't a large storm coming, you know. The Twin Towers were hit with airplanes. <laughs> but that's that's the South for you, you know. An airplane hits a tower, it's time to go to the store and stock up. But I kind of get it a little bit. You know, when people get scared, man, you know, they start stocking up on things because what if it were to turn into something crazy and people started looting and things like that? I get that. But it's like I've always said, don't do the most you can yet and don't freak out the worst yet until you know the details because until then you're just being irrational and you're running rapid and this was crazy it was crazy crazy so I understood but I mean I was 16 for God's sake and it, all of a sudden the city that I, I dreamt of visiting one day and possibly going to NYU because it, it was kind of a dream of mine for a little bit when I was younger, uh, when I thought about studying law. And uh, then I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, you know, the city I wanted to visit, I might never ever go there ever now. Because this thing has happened. And because we didn't know who did it at the time. And if they did know, they sure as heck didn't allow us to know. And when they thought they knew who it was, they made sure to let us know, we definitely know who it is. And I still don't think they really know who it was for. Okay? I'm not totally buying the whole, you know, Bin Laden was behind this and he had these three or four men, sorry if I can't remember this second, you know, um, the Pentagon, the Twin Towers, and uh, forgive me, Lord. But anyway, fact of it all is, though, is that it was huge 
and a lot of people died. But if that was Bin Laden's greatest victory, you know, I'm not saying that he didn't do a huge thing because he did. And he deserved to be killed for it. He deserved to have his head chopped off, okay? He deserved to be shackled and put in one of those things, you know, where it comes down and to have his head chopped off. And uh, I think that if America had the choice to watch it on live television, they would because they were so angry. I knew so many people who were ready to go to war. They were ready to suit up, man. Like, my country needs me. Let's go. And I'm talking about 15-year-olds were ready to go and fight. And as proud as I was to hear that, it was scary. I mean, uh, you don't know who you're going after. You don't know who to be mad at. And then every single person that was uh, even slightly brown, people were scared of. It was, it was a crazy time. And I remember um, it, it was that later on when I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, it was the anniversary of 9-11. And boy, this was a sight to see. There was about 200 um, military planes or whatever in the air in case there was something to happen. And you could see the lights of every single one. It was like a baseball game, you know, where all the lights are turned on and everything onto the field, except it was in the sky, you know. And, I mean... Okay, maybe there wasn't 200, but there was at least 50. I'm not thinking straight for some reason, but yeah. I mean, it was helicopters, airplanes, and we were really far up in the mountains, and so we could see, see them clear as day. It was a clear sky that night, and uh, Sister Kathy had us. Over the, it took three weeks to listen to this series, and I wish to God I remembered the woman's name. But uh, the guy that said that tried to save that plane, the one that didn't hit the Pentagon, I believe that's the one that that did that didn't uh, hit the target. Um, the one that cut, just caused a hole in the ground and stuff. But uh, anyway, the guy that said, let's roll, you know, that line became very, very famous, as y'all know. It was even in a little movie, crappy, I must say, because they could have done a much better job. I mean, I actually wanted them to do a very so real movie about it, because... I wanted to be able to sit down and press play with my kids one day and show them this is what happened. This is what I saw on television when I was 16 years old. Um, but anyway, it was... Um, sorry, I had to put it on pause there. But it was just crazy. Um, and the reason why I brought all this up was because when everyone pulled together, and this is a good way of putting it, believe it or not, and it goes real good with the metaphor of 9-11, when the smoke cleared after everyone came together like brothers and sisters, like the way we should have when that officer died, man. 
Instead of creating more anarchy, we should have been there for each other. Just put a stop to it. You know, people don't react very well when bad things happen. And I know Christians that have made a one choice in five seconds and they ruined their lives forever. And they would give anything to take those five seconds back. And they're either in prison for the rest of their life. Or maybe they lost their uh, children. And will never get to see them ever again. Because they stayed on drugs and they lost full custody. Um, maybe... Uh, a husband drives drunk and tells the wife, I'm okay to drive. There's no need to get a taxi. And then they wreck and she dies, but he lives and he he feels guilty forever and possibly commits suicide. And I'm saying those things because all these events that we had happen over the year of 2020. There was a butterfly effect for each event. And it was God-awful. That's all there is to it. And there was a worldwide panic. And you know what, though? The more the government tried to convince us how bad COVID-19 was, the more that people panicked. And it's so crazy because I remember some people not being scared at all when 9-11 happened. And yet they saw it on TV, for God's sake. They saw it with their own eyes. I mean, what does it take for you to believe in something, okay? Um, but they... But because it happened in New York, uh, you know, they're like, well, we're in Alabama. We're fine. How do you know? You know? So that was the time to panic. But we have so many people dying from the flu every year. And I don't see anyone talking about that. I don't hear anyone going cray-cray on YouTube about that or on the news about that. And uh, the most people in America that are actually dying from COVID-19 have major underlining conditions. But guess what? When they uh, write down the cause of death, they put COVID-19. And that's ludicrous, okay? Because, and I can say this, and I, I'm not going to say a name, but my friend had cancer. He had been in the hospital and had been dying for three months. And right when, right when COVID-19 started getting into Alabama, because he was more north of here, in the more towards uh, the Huntsville area, and um, he caught it, you know, in the hospital. And he was so sick already from the cancer and the chemo and all that stuff, and he had finally accepted his death, which is why, you know, nobody tried to sue for putting him in the wrong spot in the hospital or anything like that because they knew his death was coming soon anyway. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make here. They put the cause of death was COVID-19. And I, I'm sorry, but no, it wasn't, okay? Had he not had cancer and, and was a healthy 32-year-old man, he would not have died 
from COVID-19. And, okay, I'm going to say this in a better way so that I don't sound like a miss-know-it-all, okay? Because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not even a registered nurse. So I'm just going to say it this way. There's an 80 to 90% chance that he would have survived if he was 32 years old and healthy and didn't have cancer when he got COVID-19. He probably would have gotten it and felt like he had the flu and it would have passed in probably a week or two, um, a month at the uh, latest, you know, um, if it really hung around. And then he would have been fine. And he would have lived forever, you know, unless unless he was in a car accident or something, you know. And uh, he caught it. While he had stage four leukemia. And hello, that's what he died of, okay? But that's not what they put down for the cause of death. And they're doing that more and more all the time for people that are dying with underlying conditions. And I think that it's sick. Because they're, it's almost like they're doing that because they really want to scare the shit out of all of us. And sorry, excuse my language. I'm just, I'm, I get so upset, um, you know, when I talk about these things because the family has the right to have the truth on the piece of paper of the cause of death, and they're not getting it, and they're probably not getting the truth from the doctors either, and, um, I have another friend whose name I won't mention, but, uh, fact of the matter is, it was about March that they started talking about, you know, COVID-19 hitting Alabama and everything, but in January, my friend's parents got sick, okay? And they had, they both had emphysema real bad. And the dad, the, the dad had, um, asbestos from the ships from working as a sailor when he was younger, just like my grandfather had when he died. And he had the same things too, emphysema and, um, asbestos. And, uh, if I'm saying, I hope I'm saying it right. <laughs> so, yeah, had my grandfather been alive and he caught COVID-19, absolutely, he would have died. But the fact of it all is, though, is that her parents died and they died young and it was sad. But she knew that it was coming. And then she later found out later on because she didn't think that she needed to check the cause of death form at all. But some detective visited her home and said, we need to sit down and talk to you. And they asked her if they had been exposed to the bodies and stuff um, when they died. Like, were they with them when they died? And uh, uh, where were they? And all... Uh, like, were they at their house? And all, just all kinds of stuff. And she's like, why are you asking me these questions? And it turns out it's because they had COVID-19. And this was before TV announced that COVID-19 was even in Alabama. So they were, they were seriously trying to make sure that they didn't come into contact with their, uh, her, because her and her brother was there when they showed up, and her husband. So, and they're asking, all three of them, were y'all with them, any one of you, right before they died? Because had they come into contact with them at all before they died, they were going to take them and quarantine them and all this crazy crap in hazmat suits 
and go wash them down and keep them in the hospital for like 14 to 18 days or something because they were still trying to figure out what to do with everybody. And uh, she was, she was so, she was like, you're wrong. My parents have leukemia, man. I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> she said, my, my parents had um, emphysema. Both of my parents smoked since they were teenagers. And she said, my father was a sailor and had asbestos on top of his emphysema. And he smoked since he was a teenager. She said, they both smoked like chimneys every single day. She said, so they might have had whatever illness you're talking about. And they said, ma'am, this isn't just an illness. It is going to be an epidemic if we don't get it under control. And they scared the living crap out of them. But anyway, luckily, and praise the Lord, you know, they did not um, get it. But they didn't... America didn't really know anything about it just yet. Um, and this was just a detective, not a doctor and stuff. So here he is thinking, oh my goodness, if they had been around the dead body, then they could have gotten it. And we need to shut the door and leave them here and quarantine the house or take them somewhere and quarantine them there. And they were freaked out. So, um, but anyway, this happening, though, at the same time that the whole Black Black Lives Matter thing happening, I'm telling you what, buddy, Satan was at work, and this world for 2020 was his playground all year long trying to destroy America as quickly as he could because he knows that his time is almost up. He knows. And there's nowhere for the devil to run when God comes for him because he's going to lock him up in hell and throw away the key. And that is why I preach and talk to you guys and tell you guys the truth. It is time to surrender yourselves over to God right now. You don't have to go to church to pray. You don't have to go to church to go to the altar and ask Him into your heart. Repent right now. Get on your knees. And if you don't know how to pray, here, I'll, I'll give you lesson one. Father God, it's Chelsea. You know me because you you knew me before I was born. But I don't know you. But I want to know you. And Father God, I'm coming to you right now because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. And um, I'm starting to find out that you're really there and you are real and you are the son of God and you are the creator of all things and I ask right now for forgiveness for all the sins that I've committed and I ask you Jesus Christ for you to come into my heart and help me to change my life and help me to close the doors that I have opened by doing all these wrongful deeds. Anything can be a sin. And I'm going to give you some examples. If you're a girl and you're very promiscuous because maybe sex makes you feel better. If you do drugs and you know that you're an addict and you have a problem, you know it's wrong, you know it's tearing your family apart, and you continue to do it anyway, you're doing wrong. You're sinning. 
So, whether you're, you're promiscuous and you know you're doing wrong and you continue to do it, or if you're addicted to drugs and but you continue to do it even though it's wrong, or you're a thief and you know it's wrong and you continue to do it, you're not going to heaven. And your name will not be written in that book. And God will say, depart from me. I never knew you. But he is a loving God, which is why he gave us what? Free will. Free will is the best gift of all. You want to know why? Because... Let, let's say that I, I don't know if y'all know that movie. I used to like it, but I, I try not to watch stuff like that anymore because I have kids and I don't want them to watch crap like this anymore. Um, I think I actually did let my daughter watch it because it, there are a lot worse than this. For instance, um, gosh, what's that show? You know, oh, American Horror Stories. You know, that show is horrible, absolutely pathetic. And uh, my daughter, she sometimes watches it, but she's 16. And I tell her, hey, if you watch it and you don't feel, um, you know, evil in your spirit, then continue to watch it. But I'm trying to teach you that you're not going to have me forever. And I don't mean by death, but you're going to be off to college. And I'm trying to give you the chance right now to make the decisions and make right decisions. And after that, she came to me and she told me, Mom, you're right. And I said, right about what? Because I I wasn't going to say, you know. Did you stop watching the show? Because you want them to make the decision themselves. That's what I have a real problem with right there. You can't make your kid be a Christian, okay? You can't make your kid stop kissing girls or stop kissing boys if they think they're gay. You have to be there for them. If you want any chance of helping your children change their ways you've got to be there not to support what bad doings that they are doing in their life but to show them that no matter what they do you will always be there for the him for them but that if they want to go to heaven they need to change their lifestyle and they need to change it now and it's your job to work on helping them to get on the right track. Because they will go to hell if they don't. And that is on you. Because you are their parent. One of my favorite sayings from a preacher is that if you can't sit down at your dinner or breakfast table at night or in the morning with your immediate family and know that each one of them, however many children you got, one, two, three, four, five, maybe 13 kids, and then a mom and dad, or maybe a mom or maybe a dad, or maybe just um, an adoptive parent or foster parents, whoever. But if you can't sit down with your immediate family as a parent, not knowing that they're all going to heaven, then you have no business walking out that door and preaching elsewhere. You got to take care of your own business first, and your family should be your first priority after God himself. Amen. It took me a long time to realize that and my mom actually I think 
I don't know if I really told her. So I'm not going to say anything mean about my mom because it's not mean. But I did have problems with her sometimes. Uh, going to my friends and talking to them and asking them what's wrong and then counseling them. And they'd always tell me, your mom is so easy to open up to. And I would get jealous, you know. And uh, I was out using drugs and partying and stuff. And my mom, did. she had no idea. No idea. And she knew that some of my friends were smoking pot or things like that. And she was a wonderful mother. Wonderful, wonderful mother. Best mom in the entire world. And she is now. I love that woman so much. I would die for her in a second. I would take away all her pain and put it into my body in a heartbeat. So that she could feel good. She has done more for me than anyone in this world has done other than God. And she deserves the biggest mother reward in the entire world. And I know that God is going to give my mom several blessings in heaven. She is going to be rewarded for every single time she preached to me and my brother, for every time she pulled out that Bible for my kids and read to them and read to us scripture after scripture. And she's going to be rewarded for bringing some of mine and my brother's closest friends to God and helping them convert. I'm talking about she helped one of my friends who was um, agnostic, okay? And uh, when you're an agnostic, you kind of believe bits and pieces from this religion, and then you believe bits and pieces of this religion over here. You're not one thing. And you don't believe in just one thing. You believe, you pick and choose what you believe, and that's it. And I remember thinking that I was agnostic when I was about 13 years old because I didn't believe in the whole Bible, but I believed in some of it. And then I believed some in another type of Bible, which I won't. It was a wicked Bible. And I believed in some of it. Well, okay, so maybe some of me was agnostic, but here's the thing, though. Okay, I realized later that the reason why I told myself I was agnostic, that was an easy way out of not having to tell the real truth about why I didn't want to admit that I believed in the whole Bible and stuff. And finally, I said it out loud to my friends and family that the reason why I used agnostic as a way of telling people of what I believed in was because there was things in the Bible. It's not that I didn't believe them. It's that I didn't want it to be true. And see, I believe it or not, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are like that. There's people out there that love sex and they don't want to believe for one second that they're doing something wrong. So they convince themselves, you know, that there's no God and what I'm doing is okay. And it helps them to justify what they're doing. And um, it, 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 I think that some of what I'm saying also relates to murderers, you know. Um, it justifies it because they don't believe it. And, and they, I mean, they don't want to believe it. So they turn their back on God and they decide to do what they want to do. And sometimes it's too late. Because maybe that gangbanger gets shot the next day. Or maybe the girl that has sex too many times 
gets raped by six guys and you know she ends up dead in an alley somewhere because the guy she was meeting brought a few friends with him and told them how easy she was those kinds of choices are those five second decisions that ruin our lives forever I know that I've gone from one thing to the next and I have so much more to say right now because there's so much left to say before God comes back and I want to make sure that I say as much as I can so that I can reach out to as many people as I can because I believe there will be a time when I will not be able to preach to y'all on the internet because the guy that created Facebook will not have it. The um person that created Anchor will probably not have it. Uh, any All the Democrats will try to get all the Christians off the media almost immediately so that the Democrats only hear false truth because there will be a false prophet one day that will come along and the whole world, uh, the the sinners in this whole God-forsaken world will follow him. And he's alive right now. I believe he's alive. Um, we don't know who he is right now, but he's going to be very smart. He's going to be very powerful. And he is going to be like another thief of the night. And the Bible does not call the Antichrist that. I'm calling him that right now because you're not going to see him coming. And that is why he's so dangerous. Because nobody's going to know that he's the Antichrist. And they're going to say, he's right. He knows what he's talking about. And see, there's going to be disasters that happen. And he's going to be the man. And he's going to become famous and people will follow him. And some will think that he is the second coming of Christ. Because all of a sudden, these uh, disasters will start to happen. And he'll say, I know how to fix it. And he'll fix it. And then water will dry up. I know how to uh, make water. I know where water is. Come with me. And, and he will help thirsty people. Food will run up, run out. I have food. I'm not going to let you go starving. All you have to do is follow me. And here's where I come in and say... I won't follow you. And if the Christians are here when life hits the fans, life hits the fan, I mean, that'll be the day I say, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I will be killed right then and there in the street on my knees. And I will do it with a smile on my face. Because I will, I will not deny Jesus Christ my Savior. And I will not accept the mark of the beast. They will have to kill me first. And they're going to. And they're going to kill you too if you are still here. So the only question is, are you ready? If you died tomorrow, will you go to heaven? Will, where will you be? Do you honestly think that this world just appeared and that we have the skills for televisions and lamps and to make them work and animals and water? Do you honestly think that one big bang did all this?
And it had nothing to do with a creator that was smarter than us. See, that's just it, though. Satan was pretty smart, but he wanted to have everything that God had. And he wanted to be a God, too. But he couldn't have his cake and eat it, too. And that is why he ended up getting banished from heaven. And that is the day that he became the devil. And until God comes back, he has the right to rule over this world. But he can't rule us unless we let him. And the only thing he has power of over is our minds. And if I'm at a crossroads and I can go left or go right, he's going to be on my left shoulder and Angel's going to be on my right shoulder. Which way are you going to go? I'm going to follow God. And that's what you need to do too. And that's what you need to be teaching your children to do too. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode. I wish everyone a happy new year. Here's to 2021. God bless and have a good night. Thank you.